cigars all around Cheers, y'all. Well, 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 well. That's what it sounds like when a party's starting. <laughs> Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program, podcast, and video extravaganza known internationally Hi, as the world-famous Smoking and Toasting. We are so glad to have you here for show number 292. We are now officially... That's, that is... That is almost a 300. Like, yeah, there's it, no way. It, of, it's like. It's not even funny if we didn't <laughs> say it. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. We can abandon that then. <laughs> Welcome to uh, the program. Abandon all pretests. From now on, every show is just almost 300. You know what I was thinking? Um, we've talked about doing our, um, you know, our big, our big whoop de doo show mm-hmm. on 300, right? I was thinking that's, that's what ordinary shows would do. We're not an ordinary show. I think we make like 303 be the big celebration. Oh, 303. Yeah, you know, or or 304, whatever. Like I think I think we pick a non you know annualized kind of number. How about when all the numbers match up? Well, we do 333. 333. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then so. later on if the show keeps going, we could do 666 and then people will accuse us of having a completely different agenda. So <laughs> <laughs> the show from hell. There's going to be a show 666 if we keep going. Um is should we should we plan to skip that? I mean, will that freak people out? It doesn't matter me. I don't think so. I don't skip number 13s or yeah, 666. Yeah. 666 is just a number like yeah. 665 and yeah, 667. Just, just because somebody wants to use it for some nefarious purpose doesn't mean that the <laughs> number no itself number. is evil. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. welcome to the decidedly non-evil show number 292. We are I'm just, all I'm about- just thinking the devil didn't have much to do that day. If he's like, you know what? I need a number. Yeah, well, you know, it was several days after, apparently, he went down to Georgia. So he was back home, and he just didn't have much to do, I guess. So That uh, didn't turn out the way I wanted. uh, No. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Damn it. Oh, but... uh, Licking his wounds. uh, But we have uh, a a program today that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Three things that I know you enjoy. Your shirt, by the way, is a freaking party. I love this shirt. (laughs) I have a lot of shirts that I really love. I I, I had a, a, a moment... Um, several years ago when my wife and I were on vacation in Mexico and I was, uh, you know, we were down, we were at a little resort that was by the water and it was wonderful, beautiful place. And all I took to wear were like Hawaiian shirts yeah, yeah. and it just made me feel so happy. I thought <laughs> when I get back, that's all this I'm going to wear. This is my wardrobe. Yeah, this is my wardrobe. It's, like, it's what I do. Six pairs of shorts. So, yeah. <laughs> six Hawaiian shirts. That's right. And, and off we go. But this is one of my absolute favorites. I absolutely love it. So uh, on today's program, we'll talk about... 12 outstanding cigars for the summer new list from cigar aficionado we'll uh, we'll go through that they uh, they did not put a price limit on this one so some of these may be less expensive some of them may be really pricey we'll see uh we'll also uh, be tasting some pretty interesting uh, beers, I think, from Southern Star Brewing Company in Conroe, Texas. Those not, guys rock. Not terribly far from where we are. Bombshell about a, Blonde about Ale. A, about a 40-minute drive, maybe, from where we are. Buried Hatchet. Uh, they have uh, something that they released called Mama Rosa Goza. Oh. And so we'll be trying that out. Then. <laughs> nice. uh, but yes, they're, they're a very good brewery. I like those guys a lot. Now, speaking of good breweries, I love these guys back when they were just like, like out of Longmont, Colorado. Now they have a satellite operation in Austin, Texas. Uh, I'm talking about Oscar Blues. 
I've right. loved Dale's Pale Ale for a long time. I've been there. Then they, oh, you've been to the Austin? Uh, yeah, uh, twice uh, now. Yeah, yeah, pretty cool operation. It's really nice. Yeah, yeah pretty really, cool operation. They got live music and stuff going on. It's really cool. Yeah, well, they have a uh, an IPA called Western Mutant, and I'll show you the can when we get to it, but it's got like a silhouette of the jackalope nice. on it. Which, you know, I, I'm in. You bring in the Somebody jackalope. Somebody paid attention to yeah, bring in the jackalope. Texas. I'm in. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so we'll have that. And then uh, from England, uh, Samuel Smith's Organic Chocolate Stout. We haven't done a lot of beers from England. Oh, and so I like Samuel's. So they, uh, they had yeah. the Nut Brown Ale. Yes, the Nut Brown is very, many, many, many very, times very good. good. Yes. So, so we'll look forward to that. And then our spirit for today, You, I first found out about this when you sent me a picture of you drinking it. <laughs> I have not tried it yet. Yes. You'll find the bottle unopened, and it could be dangerous because of the cellophane and, and stuff. So I got this. Me, me and my neck. wife, this is the Slane. Uh, it was called the... It's the special edition. The special edition extra virgin oak uh, triple cask. And uh, I happened to see it. I, I had no idea going in, but uh, me and my wife were shopping. We were at um, uh, one of the liquor stores out in Round Rock area. And I happened to see it, and I was like, well, what about this? Because we we're looking for something to have for fun. Mm -hmm. And we both were immediately like, yeah, let's try that. Well, you and I actually discovered Slane, the regular uh, Slane whiskey together. We were at Reserve 101 That's right. over by my house. And the bartender suggested it to us yes, and they... said, said the whole staff had been talking about it. And it was pretty inexpensive and and we tried it and thought this is really this is good really good yeah. yeah so uh so i'm interested because i haven't tasted it yet i'm interested in <laughs> i haven't gone to get what, another bottle of it but i will let uh, me put yeah, it that way all right well that should tell us something so special edition uh here we come from slain and of course slain is named after the uh, slain castle, castle in ireland which not only is uh, a place where they do distilling but it's also a really popular music venue they have yeah. lots of outdoor concerts there and uh, what That's I been consider, going on for a while, yeah. yeah. And what I consider, by the way, the uh, the best uh, of U2's albums, The Unforgettable Fire, was recorded in Slane Castle. Ah. And, and that's one of the reasons it's so, like, ambient and echoey is because they used the, uh, you know, the acoustics of the castle. They made that part of the album and the reason yeah. it sounds the way it does. So very interesting stuff. So uh, we'll uh, get to a little, little bit of drinking news on today's program. Our drinking news teaser headline for today... Honest, honey, I was just riding the subway, minding my own business. <laughs> All right, so we'll look forward to that. Uh, we'll talk about some cigars to watch for. I mentioned the uh, uh, the 12 outstanding cigars from Cigar Aficionado. And uh, Stout's Brewery is back. They went out of business several months ago. They are back now, partnered with Evil Genius Brewing. Oh, wow. And I'm uh, so I'll be able to tell you about that. If we have time to get to it, uh, we'll also talk about the best craft breweries in California, according to Yelp. Yelp did a whole thing about uh, pulling people on the best uh Craft breweries in California, and there's a lot of them, so this should be interesting. To, it should be interesting to see what what comes out on top if we get to the wait, list. Wait, wait, it's from Yelp. Yep. So is it all bad reviews? Yes, it's all bad reviews. So it's basically, <laughs> the number one will be the one that got the fewest bad the reviews. Fewest bad reviews, <laughs> exactly. All right. So in addition to all of this, I have a mystery beverage that I'd like to uh, uh, pour for you now. A mystery. Okay, I'm I am officially not looking. I'm, I'm looking over at this I'm, beautiful smoking and toasting. I've got it like surrounded by this here. thing, so hopefully I can uh, hopefully I can pour this. I'll tell you what, that might be 
too hard. I'll just it's a, I'm gonna I'll just keep it. Nope. I'm just gonna not look. I'm just gonna look over right, here. Fair enough. Looking I, at the RFC bag over I will here. This tell is you, nice. I have one of those. It's actually really I will nice. tell you this much, and I like doing mystery beverage every once in a while. Uh, but I will tell you after you take the first sip, I will tell you what brewery it is from. So I get and to, I can already tell you it's a brewery you like. I get to guess it, huh? Uh yeah. Uh, you could have left me completely hanging. It could have been like uh Miller. Late chalada. <laughs> wouldn't, that, wouldn't that be fun to do that as a mystery house. beverage sometime? Now we've done some interesting mystery <laughs> beverages here. Uh, one of them that we did was remember when uh, Budweiser put out that Budweiser Select or whatever yes. it was that was supposed to be uh, you know yeah. like their attempt to go craft with Budweiser. Yes, yeah. that was a funny one because I took the first sip that you have it hidden now. Okay, I took the first sip of it and I was like, okay, it's drinkable. And mm -hmm. then the longer it lingered in my mouth, <laughs> and boy did it linger, it just got. <laughs> worse and worse so by the end yeah. of like two sips i was like this is terrible <laughs> yeah i remember the first sip was the best and it went downhill it from all there. went yeah. downhill like the, <laughs> it started off on so that. uh so anything you want to say about the nose on this it's not a big it not smells a big nose. it's not a big nose but it has a little hoppy smell a little mm -hmm. creamy smell to mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. so it has a um all right after you after you taste it i will tell you what brewery this comes from give me a minute It's very crisp. Mm -hmm. It's definitely a lager. It's very crisp. It's very easy to drink. Mm -hmm. Doesn't leave any weird lingering. This this is kind of like um, it's a little bit hoppier, but uh, it's kind of like uh, like the uh, like the text from Eighth Wonder or like mm -hmm. um, like some of those kind of easier to drink lagers. This has kind of a little bit of a. Uh, like a uh, like a bitter lemon peel almost. Yes, on the, I on the detected a little bit of that. So, so and not in a bad way either. But well, this uh, this beer comes from the brewery named Untitled Art. We've uh, had a number of their beers. I had on one of their beers last night with a friend. Yeah, and uh, they they really kind of, I think, concentrate on things like pastry stouts and and uh, things that are really. Uh, Creatively put together, I guess. Mark is a good Nichols to and I were sitting at uh, on my patio last night, and I brought out a uh, Untitled Art. It was a um, coconut, uh, coconut chocolate stout. Oh yes, yes, I bet it was good. Yeah, candy stout. That. That's what coconut candy right, stout. I've had that. It's yeah. really, really good. <laughs> it's pretty gnarly. Yeah. Well, I'm going to reveal for you what this actually is. You can tell by the can that it is Untitled ah. Art. But what it is, it's their Italian style pills, and it is non-alcoholic wow really yeah i would have never guessed the non-alcoholic at all 60 calories per can yep and no alcohol and non-alcoholic well, so this is pretty good people have been starting to talk about the fact that there are some pretty good non-alcoholic beers that have been brewed by craft breweries and i would just, have never guessed not just i mean do you ever try to drink like uh what is the um Caliber. Oh yes, I mean some of those they just have the most horrible aftertaste. Yeah, like you, there's. Ugh. So just like, for, I didn't want to beer that. Just bad. for fun, my wife and I bought, and I think we talked about this slightly on the show. My, my wife and I bought um, Guinness, uh, in the, you know, in the, the uh, draft style right, in the right. can, and mm -hmm. we bought the non-alcoholic version. We tried them side by side, and I got to tell you. Man, I don't know. I, I don't think I'd don't be think able you to could tell have told the, difference. the difference. Yeah, really? I mean, that's so interesting. They were both really, really good. Well, I really want us to do, and and the problem is the the thing that's held me back from doing it is actually just it it's all dollars, right? Yeah. Uh, I really wanted us to do a non-alcoholic beer 
blind taste test. Then you're going to have a lot of non-alcoholic Exactly, because yeah. there's no place really where you can get them in onesies that I'm aware of. So you wind up having to buy a six-pack Well, you know the trick, then, what you do is beer. you put them in your work fridge here, and you put a little price tag over everywhere it says non-alcoholic. Yeah, no one will ever know the difference. Actually, this would be a pretty good beer to have in your work fridge. Like, That's especially if you're. If I you're, actually pour myself some more. If your business doesn't obviously allow you or doesn't encourage you to drink alcohol on the job, Just it's put kind that of in your different lunch. from how we are here. Uh, one of the things I've, I've I've I don't know if I've ever said this on the show before, but uh, I love to do when I'm interviewing someone for a job, uh, <laughs> as I always say. I always say at some point you say, uh, "What are your uh, What are your you know, thoughts about drinking on the job. And they, of course, are always going to give the answer they think you well, want to hear. Well, that's right? not professional. Yeah, yeah I don't think it's that. professional. But, and I let them say their thing and blah, blah, blah. And I go, yeah, I don't think you're going to work out here. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to talk about that. <laughs> yep, for sure. So uh, so I think this is really good. Like, I would I would drink this. Now, that said, I'm not on a, on a normal, like, everyday situation. I'm not really looking for a non-alcoholic beer. However, if I were the designated driver, if I yeah. knew that I had, if I was out somewhere to see a show or something, and I knew I had, you know, a long way to drive home, and I didn't want to, yeah. you know, test fate, you know, uh, this would be a real option. Also, if you know you're going to be drinking um, over a long period of time, mm -hmm. having some sessionable ales and maybe tossing in a couple of those into the cooler just to intersperse with the other right. ones. You so probably you would, would continue to enjoy beer. Yeah, but, you yeah. continue to enjoy beer. No one would even notice the difference, mm -hmm. uh, and including you probably, because, like, you know, it tastes just like beer. Yeah, it really does. And I think of, like, what is the founder's um, all-day all IPA? Day, yeah. Yeah, that, that's such a good beer. It definitely – you definitely can <clears> tell <throat> you're not drinking a, a, you know, a double or an imperial. Right. But it's, it's, it's a good beer, and it's fairly low alcohol content, fairly low calories and carbs. It's, it's a pretty good – way to do a, a, a day of drinking if you will. yeah i think honestly this is this is something i'll probably adopt is is just to toss a few of something like that into the cooler when i'm gonna when i know i'm gonna be out you know hanging with friends like we did a pool uh, a pool crawl with my oh, uh how fun with my uh, uh brew club the other day so it was you know i got out there at three and got home at 11 yeah <laughs> you know? yeah that's a long day a of long drinking day. it's a lot of drinking is what that is so uh but this is good <clears throat> I, I i like it so uh so yay for the mystery cheers oh, yeah, uh, yeah so so before we get much further ian i assume you've had an opportunity to smoke something interesting this I week have you not did i stopped at casa uh, that, on my oh, way here today oh, so talk about it uh i i picked up uh i've seen it before i just hadn't picked it up and tried it and i, I had i have to do this now because we've done so many shows right i have to go <laughs> through my um you have to search and see if you've and see if done I've a review on this before done a review <laughs> on it before because there are cigars that i've enjoyed that i've never done a review on well and i would also mention that i think at this point it's fine to go back to something that you reviewed a long time ago. I mean, this is show number two hundred. Yeah, yeah, it's nice to revisit. You know? my, I mean, uh, my tastes have changed. Sure, you know, like absolutely. Uh, there are I things like when I when we first started this show, I remember uh, distinctly telling you, yeah, when they're real peppery cigars, I'm not really into them. But you know, I, I've smoked enough cigars now where like those those flavors now are a, a, a boon instead of a right instead of a minus. You, you know, uh -huh. since I, I've learned to kind of. What's what's the term? You uh, develop a flavor for mm -hmm. it. You yeah, know, develop, develop a, a palate. Develop a palate. Yeah. 
But I stopped. <clears throat> I stopped and picked up the uh, Placencia one forty nine uh, Cosecha. I think it's how mm-hmm. said. The one forty nine refers to their one hundred forty ninth harvest. That's one hundred forty nine years. Of- That's like halfway to three hundred. Yeah, it's <laughs> really close actually. Um, this was the six by fifty two Toro, known as the uh, Azacopa. Guapa, uh, Guapa, Guapa. I don't know how to say this, but uh, anyway, um, the, it's a. This is a Honduran Pro. It's it's Honduran wrapper, Honduran binder, Honduran um, filler, uh, and uh, I, you know, so like knowing that, I expect certain things right. from it. There's, There's a, a certain, certain flavor profile. profile. Mm-hmm. The appearance on this rich. Uh, dark brown wrapper, dry kind of leather to the touch. It did have a few shiny spots, like it had a little oil to it, um, but it didn't feel oily. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, small veins uh, throughout created a little bit of lumpiness, but not not distracting. I'm mean, still pretty cigar. Uh, gentle box press overall. Three bands on it. It had one with the uh, little Placencia logo with the letter P on it, mm-hmm. and then right below that, it had the uh, the larger. Um, 149 uh Cochesa band and, and a footer. You can see that I think in the mm-hmm. in the uh picture here. The photo, yeah. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna start pointing randomly to where the pictures are. <laughs> and then, uh, you think and then Adam, Adam to, is just gonna put them to put in them opposite in places <laughs> so that I'm never actually pointing to where the picture is. I'm gonna love that. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> That's gonna be a me yeah, thing, I think. Um uh yeah so and then uh and then the footer on it, it's a really pretty cigar. Of course it's Placencia, so it's not a cheap cigar. Like you right. put that name on a cigar and it, it starts off at a pretty uh, pretty hefty price. Uh, the pre-light sniff on this rich earth chocolate and coffee. I didn't get a whole lot of things going on. There's a little inherent sweetness uh, that I was getting and some pepper. The uh, pre-light draw on this, I used a clip. It had a, a mostly effortless draw, sweet, dark fruit right off the bat, cedar, leather, and earth. And I, that's what I was expecting, that, that, that leather and earth, mm-hmm. especially from the mm-hmm. Honduran cigar. Like that's... Uh, the earthiness, especially the uh, initial light on this um, Honduran earthy blast. Interesting, not a Nicaraguan pepper blast. A Honduran, a Honduran earthy, earthy blast. blast. It had All some right. pepper to it. It uh, spices, cedar, retrohales, mm-hmm. peppery and woody. Mm-hmm. The first third of the cigar, woody and earthy, sweet, fruity undertones, coffee and chocolate going on a little bit in there. Full silky smoke, uh, oaky, dry aftertaste with hints of chocolate. Coffee was really nice. It was it was um, it was a really uh, refined kind of taste to it. You know, like a really well put together kind of complexity uh retro hail was sweet and spicy with oak and cedar solid ash perfect burn Mm. the second third of this um sweet fruity flavors become more prominent the coffee and chocolate float in the background with a foundation of earth and wood fresh cut lumber sneaks in and out the smoke picks up a creamy texture and flavor that blends well with the pepper profile medium strength almost not quite full medium but dipping into medium okay um the retro hail is sweet cedar and pepper with a touch of coffee, solid ash, good burn. Uh, the last third of the cigar, pepper picks up in a sweet, creamy way. Uh, fruity flavors become more uh, background and have a sugar kind of texture to them a little bit. Uh, mineral earth, uh, mineral and earth are in abundance here. Uh, consistent, uh, constant oak and cedar uh, keep this uh, cigar centered for overall complexity never quite reaches a full medium strength mm-hmm. i mean you're dipping into mm-hmm. medium but it's it's Medium-ish. never 
it's never like a full medium strength although there's enough stuff going on in a cigar you're never gonna lack for flavor smoke rings are fun with the big fluffy smoke that seems to kind of get fuller as the time as the time goes on smoking it nice retro hail is even sweeter here picks up a slight nuttiness along with the pepper and wood solid ash perfect burn nice here's the thing this cigar is fourteen dollars and fifty cents it's a pricey so, cigar so yeah the bar premium the bar is set high and I know I've talked about their Alma Forte, which is twenty to twenty-two dollars, mm-hmm. and it's badass. Yeah, like even at that price point, even it's at that awesome. price point, you're almost like, yeah, yeah. This cigar I gave a solid five. You get your okay. fourteen dollars worth out of it. It's a slow it's burning a good re- cigar. Good review for a fourteen dollars cigar. Yeah, it's you know? it's uh it's it's a slow burning cigar. It um I almost didn't have time to finish. As a matter of fact, I left myself an hour and. 20 minutes yeah. and i was cutting it right towards the edge so this thing burned well over an hour and i wasn't being gentle with it either. <laughs> and even when it heated up a little bit it still had good flavors to Our it. price so. to quality if you're new to the show uh it's a one to ten scale but five means you got what you paid for yeah if it's course higher than a five it means even if it had been more expensive, you wouldn't have been disappointed right. with with having paid that. And if it scores under a five, it's like, you know, it, it didn't quite live up to the price. Right. And it is hard to score above a five when you've got a 14 almost $15 cigar. 100% right. 100% like, right. You expect it to be that good. And this was that good. Yeah. And so yeah. a five is a good solid review, I think, on this. And I really enjoyed it. I would highly recommend it if you want something a little different, something that dips into medium. If you're a lighter cigar smoker, mm-hmm. something that dips into medium without uh, – Without too much uh, pepper burn and things like that, it's it's really nice. And a lot of times, I think people <clears throat> who enjoy milder cigars are just hesitant. To, they're afraid it's going to be harsh. Yeah. And so something like this, you're saying you can step up to something with a little more body, and you're not going to get that. Yeah, harshness, and you'll get you know? some pepper to it, but there's a sweetness that balances right. the pepper. It's like when you have a sweet spicy things. People that uh, mm-hmm. people that can't do spice really well can do some sweet spicy things because like, it balances and you don't get the like uh they're in uh asian food they have a lot of the sauces that are like they're a pepper but they also have a sweetness to right. them the and it really that, doesn't yeah. get as hot on your tongue right and on your palate as as if it's just a pure pepper sauce. right and so. that's that's kind of how this cigar uh came across to me uh and it was nice the sweetness and it was really really nice so enjoy good it. good i will look forward to trying one of those all right i'll tell you about uh, what i smoked this week when we come back and we also have Quite a few things to talk about, cigars to watch for, uh, still picking up stuff that was debuted or announced at the uh, PCA trade show. So there's a number of interesting things, (laughs) excuse me, that are on the way. Uh, Plus, Stout's Brewery is back. We'll tell you about that. And speaking of breweries, Southern Star, right up the road from us here, we'll be trying their Mama Rosa Goza in our next segment. We are smoking and toasting, show number 292, halfway to 333. (laughs) <laughs> we'll be right back. Nicely played. <laughs> you get that. Welcome back. It is smoking and toasting. This program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. We're on show number two hundred and ninety-two, and we will be talking about the twelve outstanding cigars for the summer, as uh, picked for us by cigar aficionados. So as you said at the end of the last yeah. uh, segment, mm-hmm. two hundred ninety-two is halfway to three hundred and thirty-three. That's right, and that's that. Uh, and I'm just going to stay <laughs> with that. Stick with it. Uh, my name is Cruz. My co-host is uh, Ian Barry uh, on the Wheels of Steel. Uh, Keegan Lucas is with us, and the producer in the cloud is our very own adam andrus so adam uh, uh our 
our show is in your hands. You realize if he wanted to, like, you know, <laughs> put weird words on our foreheads or, you know, draw handlebar mustaches, he could do all of that if he wants to because he's in <laughs> right. he's in post-production. So uh, so that's the way it'll work. I want to tell you about what I uh, smoked this week. Of uh, I, I really enjoyed and, and found this cigar very interesting. I smoked the My Father La Duena. Toro and the, the duena. You'll see well, this in the. Had a duena. It, you may have because you'll see this in in the pictures. It's the one where it's just a round. The cigar band is just like a round, uh, like white silhouette of a woman, and it doesn't actually even say my father on it. It just says I've it's seen small. it. I don't yeah, know if yeah, I've smoked that. Yeah, one. so it's a very interesting cigar. The the uh, cigar itself is dark brown in color. Uh, with a slightly rustic appearance when you look at it up close. A few veins, but still reasonably smooth. Um, the pre-light, three words, German chocolate cake. Oh. I mean, big time. Like, nice. In fact, it is as pronounced a pre-light. Because often, you know, when, when I'm smelling the cigars just for a pre-light sniff, right? I'm like, okay, well, it kind of seems like maybe there's a little earth there. There's a little chocolate. Uh, this, I put it up to my nose. I inhaled, and I immediately said, my brain said, German chocolate cake. It was wow. that distinct. Uh, and it was very pleasant, too. It smelled great. The uh, cold draw was not quite as specifically the sort of, you know, coconut and chocolate, German chocolate cake thing. But it was right. chocolatey, and there was some earth on the cold draw. Now, La Duena is a collaboration by Jaime Garcia of My Father Cigars and uh, Pete Johnson of Tatuaje. Nice. So they did this cigar together. And apparently uh, it is uh, in honor of uh, Jaime's uh, sister. Uh, so... Uh, Jose Pepin Garcia is the dad. Apparently, the sister is very involved in the operations of my father's cigars. But not and the honey, face of it. But not the face of right, it, exactly. Right. Uh, so La Duena uh, is Spanish for the Duena. Noted. And uh, Duena actually means uh, owner. So the owner. So the implication is that she's actually the big cheese, <laughs> right? right? Uh, so I thought that was pretty interesting. She's making everything happen. Exactly. Wrapper tobacco <clears throat> on this is Connecticut Broadleaf. And the binder is a combination of Connecticut Broadleaf and Nicaraguan tobacco. The filler is a combination of Connecticut Broadleaf and Nicaraguan tobacco. So I'm going into this expecting a powerhouse because Connecticut expect it to be big, right? Because yeah. Connecticut Broadleaf, you know, when you hear Connecticut, you think mild, but you think mild, and it's the lighter color, so you right. think it's going to be a little bit of a lighter but cigar. Connecticut Broadleaf is not that; it right. is a much darker, much more powerful. It's not necessarily Lajero, but it's it's a powerful uh, uh, tobacco leaf. Well, so. you mentioned the Lajero. You also mentioned the chocolatey note. I mm -hmm. think the chocolatiest cigar I have ever smoked was the. Uh, uh, LFD uh, Triple Harrow. Yeah, interesting to see. I, I would I would give the chocolatiest to the um, uh, AJ Fernandez. Uh, uh, what is this? The Buenos. Um, uh, Bel Artes. Uh, Bel Artes. Thank you. Yeah, that's pretty chocolatey. Thank you. It's very, very chocolatey. But this one out chocolated <clears throat> that wow. even. So, uh, so I thought it was really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, since Connecticut Broadleaf can pack a bit of a uh, tobacco punch, that combined with the Nicaraguan tobacco had me expecting a really serious Nicaraguan pepper blast right. uh, when I lit it up. And uh, I didn't get one. No. No, I was a little bit surprised. At the beginning, at least, the La Duena seemed to uh, want to play it with a bit more subtlety. Uh, and like like the lover of nuance that I strive to be, uh, I was game to play along. Lead on, La Duena.
lead on. In other words, I kind of liked it. Yeah. So I've been trying to get more poetic in my reviews because you have really raised the bar on this with uh, with some of your wording. When, on I, previous when I have some time, I sit yeah, down and yeah. do something. And, you know, that's one of the great things about smoking a cigar is you're taking time. Right. Yeah. Uh, I don't mean to say that there wasn't any pepper. There actually there actually was. This is a my father's cigar after all. Right. right. Uh, so uh, you've got to expect some. But the pepper didn't like punch me in the mouth at the beginning. And it allowed some of the chocolate that I got on the pre-light to enter the conversation. I also got a bit of nuttiness and a nice creamy vibe that shared the spotlight with the pepper and the chocolate. And as the cigar burned into the second third, here came the leather, which I know sounds like a so like a male review at the uh, uh, at the uh, uh, clubs down in Montrose. But <laughs> uh, but no, the, it was it, this really rich sort of tanned leather vibe to the cigar. The pepper receded somewhat, but a rich, earthy mix of leather, chocolate, and cream made the second third, I gotta tell you, really enjoyable. Final third saw the leather back away just a bit, and a kind of a dry graham cracker note entered the mix. Nice. Uh, when you say graham cracker, you, you kind of think sweet. This was not sweet at all. But it had that just sort of dry, sort of graham crackery. But if you get that graham cracker kind of Pie crust that's not too right. sweet. Yeah, right. I get what exactly. you're saying. Or if it's a little yep. like mm -hmm. little crusty burnt. Yep. Chocolate yep. was still present, but less pronounced. Cream, chocolate, and graham cracker, but again, not sweet at all. Construction was very good. It was not a razor straight burn, but I had no issues with it. One minor touch up at about the halfway point was all it seemed to take uh, to keep it on track. Solid ash that held on nicely. The La Duena is a nine to ten dollar cigar, so it's in that my father price. Right range uh but i enjoyed it very much definitely medium to full which is kind of my sweet spot mm -hmm. i mean it is connecticut broadleaf tobacco after all it just didn't like powerhouse with the pepper like i was expecting but the, you know? connecticut broadleaf also has a sweet with the pepper yes, too yes it's also and it was nice. nice and subtle with really rich flavors it was about an hour and 15 minute smoke and price to quality i'm going to give it a 5.5 .5. Nice. I, I thought you know it's not it's not a cheap cigar. It's not an expensive cigar. It's just right in that, you know. It's a premium. It, it costs just enough that it really needs to perform. Yeah. But not so much that you're like, okay, the bar set way up here. Mm -hmm. And I really enjoyed it. Also, a nice sort of a, a flavor profile switch from, you know, the AJs that I enjoy on a regular basis and things like that. Uh, so I'm often looking for something that I'm gonna, I'm gonna enjoy as much, but is just a little different profile, and this right. this definitely fit the the bill for me. So, uh, uh, La Duena, not the best known of the My Father line, but definitely worth. I checking don't think out. I've had anything in the My Father line that isn't really good. Yeah, though. I I, right. I agree. They they are very consistent. I think I've had maybe one that got a little harsh on me, but I may have been in. You know, too windy of a situation that may have had something to do with it. So You're standing on yeah. the beach. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I don't know how you smoke a cigar in Galveston unless you go to uh, our friend Alan Denning's place, Galveston Island yeah. Cigar Lounge, because if you're out on the beach trying to smoke, I mean, it's so windy. It's, and there's it's nothing just, stopping the yeah, wind. And there's no way to get away from it. Yeah, nothing so, stopping Except it. to go to You bring Galveston a cigar Island that cigar if it, it creates a big run, which it will, yeah. it's okay. Yeah, that's right. You just just kind of deal with it. So anyway, uh, I, I really enjoyed the cigar and I recommend it highly. I uh, hope you guys will uh, go and try it out. I think it's beer time. I see you reaching. 
the slow motion grab. That's good. I wanted I wanted to make sure that was in the camera. Yeah. <laughs> That's the uh, so this is the Mama Rosa Goza. It is uh, and Goza, of course, is is a great style of beer for summer. Mm -hmm. So I thought it would be perfect for us to try this. Gozas out. are always going to be a little tart. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and not I like, necessarily sour, but tart. I like tart beers. I like sour beers. I like most beers. Just yeah, to be honest I'm with you. I'm pretty much into the. I even beer. sent you a picture the other night when I bought a uh, ordered an IPA. Oh, I know. I was I was like. Go. <laughs> what is happening yeah. here? What is happening? Ian's always having an IPA. And I sent you one. I was down at Market Bar, and they had the, um, uh, what is it, the a space space station? Sky, the Skylab. Oh, the, the Skylab, Skylab IPA yes. from uh, our friends at Two Anomaly. They had that on tap, and boy, was it good on tap. Wow, yeah, just, it's hard to go wrong with a true anomaly. Really beer. is those guys. Those guys kind of uh, kind of know what they're doing, and and I still got to make it back in there for for uh, Taco Tuesday. Oh, you need to let me know when that's happening. Yeah, Tomorrow yeah. won't work, but I yeah. bet next week I can. Yeah, make we, we will we'll figure it out. All right, so Mama Rosa goes. I'm oh. guessing this is going to be a bit floral because it has. there's. Uh, there's uh what what flower is it has that? A floral and sweet kind that of. Is, um, I, I'm, I, I know what kind of flower it is. Hibiscus. Hibiscus. Thank you. you. It's a hibiscus uh, flower. So I'm expecting a little of that. And oh, yeah, it says I right on there, ale with hibiscus. Mm -hmm. It's clocking in at five percent by volume. I will tell you that sometimes when um, uh, brewers go for a flavor like hibiscus. I, I really don't think it works. I've had like hibiscus tea before. I'm not yeah, really I'm a, not big a fan. fan. Yeah, yeah. But my first sip of this, I think it's very good. Like somehow it just works in good. the goza. It's just it's just tart enough that it keeps that hibiscus the hibiscus works with it instead of Man, it makes your it. mouth water. It really does. Yeah. That it's, tart really, really makes your mouth mm -hmm. water. Almost like a jolly rancher. Yeah. You know? That that sort of uh, that sort of feeling. Remember that sport gum you you could get at, uh, oh, yeah. at yes. uh, like like Academy or something. Yeah, right yeah. by the thing uh -huh. that would make your mouth like water a whole bunch. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Keegan's mm -hmm. making the face over there too. <laughs> like heck yeah, uh, yeah, that's really good. I, I'm I actually I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm a little surprised at how much I like this. It also has though, as a lot of gozas do, a certain saltiness to it. Yeah, and and it doesn't seem like that would necessarily work. Like I don't put beer salt. On my beers, but the saltiness really works in this particular this game. This definitely draws the line in the distinction. This is a tart beer, not mm -hmm. a bitter beer, mm -hmm. or not a, a beer sour beer and not beer. a sour. It's, yeah, it's very, very tart, mm -hmm. um, and quite good. It's like, um, like little tarts you'd get, uh, like a sweet tart, like, like the pastry tart kind of. Oh thing. right, right. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, when they have that, uh, I dig. It. I'm, I'm gonna get less than really sweet. Yeah, it's really nice. I'm it's definitely gonna. This is can. They got a little. Little uh, silhouette on there says uh, Abuelita Rosa. Mm -hmm. Abuelita, which is uh, that's grandmother, right? I believe so. Yeah. So, so uh, this is smoking and toasting directly influencing sales because I'll be getting some of yeah, this. Yeah, absolutely. It also says across the top, around the top edge, it says beer for people who like beer. Mm. I've seen that slogan on their cans before. Yeah, really, yeah, I got to agree. I really Southern Star like makes that. great beers. Just really their do. whole line's pretty solid. And, you know, they are. For the Houston area breweries, they're certainly not the oldest. They haven't been around as long as St. Arnold. But they're not one of the newcomers either. They've right. been around for a while. And they, I think, have just been a model of consistency. Yeah. I really, really like most everything that I've tried of theirs. And the Bombshell Blonde is one of the better Bombshell blondes Blonde's in, real good. in our area. It's just a really, really good beer. Really, really good beer. It's hard to go wrong with that. Whoop, whoop, whoop. 
Sorry, I'm digging that. Uh, so I really You're inhaling am, it. Yeah, that's that's. I guess maybe the problem. There's something about this that really brings on the Dorito effect. You know, going back in. Mm-hmm. 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 No beer left behind. Well, I got to tell you, I like this much more than I would have guessed that I would. Based on the fact that it's hibiscus, based on the fact we've that had it's... some pretty uh, solid gozas on here. I don't, I don't remember the name of the brewery, but there was one from down towards Galveston mm-hmm. uh, that had a goza a few years back that was almost kind of a greenish color. If you remember, mm-hmm. I do, and, uh, and, you, and it was fantastic. One of the one of my favorite gozas is the Salty Lady from uh, uh, Martin House. Martin House makes great that's goza. a wonderful go. Yeah, they they do quite a few gozas. They actually. do a lot of uh, a lot of sour beers, mm-hmm. a lot of tart beers. They do a lot of those. They're very experimental. They do a lot of everything. Actually. When I went there, uh, that was five, maybe six years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe more than that now. I'm getting old. It's hard to remember timelines. But mm-hmm. uh, when I went there, they didn't have a whole lot of that stuff in their line. They basically had a core line. They had a, uh, they, <laughs> they had one called Oklahoma Sucks. Yeah, I remember that beer. <laughs> right? We've actually had that on the uh, show before. They had, a, they had a few other beers that were really, really good. And then and then they kind of went under the radar a little bit. Uh, and then and then started making all these crazy over the top beers, and they mm-hmm. and they started. They, I think they were one of the first ones I ever saw do the uh, the box, like you see when you get the uh, big beers that that come in a box, kind of like this. But it was actually two yes, cans. It's two cans in a tall box that, a that tall box, kind of right. stand on the shelf next to the bomber. Yeah, it's the same uh, size the same as size. A, mm-hmm. as like a bomber box, mm-hmm. or uh, you know, right next to the bomber. And uh, they were one of the first ones I saw doing that. I dig it. And uh, and their artwork is. Always good. Outrageously good. Always good. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, this is this is a success. I'm going to say I like this a great deal. And we're two beers in. And, uh, I know. And we, we're doing good. Already. Yeah. All right. We are going to take a break. We'll be three beers in soon. But uh, when we return, I'm uh, going to give you a little bit of uh, info about some cigars to watch for. Still to come on the show, 12 outstanding cigars to smoke this summer. And, of course, the return of drinking news. Smoking and toasting. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting. Our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We've had some great craft beer so far. We've talked about some great cigars. And I'm going to give you a little information while Ian pours our next beer on some cigars you may want to watch for. Starting with Casada. Dominican cigar company Casada Cigars is adding a new line of smokes to the Casa Magna series. You've seen Casa Magna yeah, yeah. Uh, before. Uh, and this showcases a Connecticut seed wrapper grown in Ecuador. It's called Casa Magna, Connecticut. And the cigars will be pre- uh, were presented rather at the uh, PCA trade show in Vegas. Retailers can expect them to start shipping in early September, which is not uh, too far away. Uh, Manuel Casada stated, I have always enjoyed Connecticut wrapper. And of late, the Ecuadorian Connecticut blends very, very well with our way of making cigars. So they they rolled uh, these with a light Connecticut seed wrapper grown in Ecuador, and the binders and fillers are both from Nicaragua. So you're going to have a uh, a mellower 
wrapper, but some pretty interesting and and more powerful binder and filler. So something to uh, something to be on the on the lookout for. And meanwhile, in Honduras, uh, cigar maker JRE Tobacco uh, started shipping a new regular production line called Aladino Classic mm -hmm. uh, for the PCA trade show, along I with new sizes in their Cameroon and Connecticut lines. Uh, the Aladino Classic is a Honduran puro. Available in four sizes, and according to the uh, company, the cigars are medium in body. Uh, the Aladino Cameroon line, which is notable for having a Cameroon scene wrapper grown in Honduras, uh, has received two new sizes, uh, including a Gordo, by the way. And if you remember, when we were at the uh, the JRE factory in the Aladino mm -hmm. Farms in Honduras a couple of years ago, uh, one of their cigar blenders took an actual... Cameroon leaf mm -hmm. and wrapped it around another cigar that we were smoking in in order to show us how it impacted how much the flavor and the what wrapper it, has, yeah, yeah and it was very very interesting and they talked a lot about how kind of unique it was that they were growing Cameroon in Ecuador mm -hmm. so really kind of a I'm sorry in Honduras not Ecuador uh, but anyway very very interesting other than the wrapper all of the tobacco in uh, Aladino Cameroon is from Honduras and finally. The Diesel Disciple <laughs> uh, is a 7x38 Lancero uh, that was released in June 2021 as an exclusive release from members of the Tobacco Association of America. It's now a full production widespread release that all uh, retailers can order. It uses a Mexican San Andres wrapper, an Ecuadorian Sumatra binder, and a Nicaraguan uh, Habano filler grown in Esteli, a combination that Forge Cigar Company says gives this medium to full blend an unexpected layer of sweetness, kind of like what we were talking about in right. our review today, uh, that plays against the cigar's bold and peppery notes. So uh, pricing remains at uh, $8.99 per cigar, and it's offered in 10-count boxes. The line is produced by Tabacalera A.J. Fernandez nice. <laughs> in Nicaragua. So I like yeah. a lot of the diesel cigars, man, yeah, the Whiskey yeah. Row and a few yeah, others. Yeah, there's some good stuff. They're pretty solid. There's some good stuff, and I think they've gotten better over the years, too. Uh, yeah. Originally, diesel... I thought was just a strong cigar. It was. It came out you know? as as like it was diesel. It was right, like this right. is full yeah, full bore, and it is. It is most of the line still is that, yeah. but I think they've improved in terms of the quality of uh, of the subtlety and the nuance. But I think if you're going tobacco. for a cigar named Diesel, you're right. probably not looking for no no question. Yeah, you're probably not looking for you know light. And it's flowery. just like if you're getting a La Flor Dominicana, and you choose the chisel. <laughs> you're not expecting a mellow cigar, and you're not going to get one either. So, uh, so uh, Ian, this is from Oscar Blues. It's their uh, Western Mutant IPA. Is that what it's called? And and I, it has the jackalope. Western on it. Mutant IPA, West Coast style India Pale Ale. I got to tell you, just on the nose, this is definitely inspired by the Piney Woods. Oh yeah, and and <laughs> and that's essentially what West Coast IPAs are now. East Coast or New England IPAs have a tendency to be. More on the hazy side, more on the juicy side, uh, and West Coast IPAs obviously are more, even more hop forward and can be a little piney, like you said, inspired by the piney woods. Is that where the jackalope lives? I thought he was in the prairie. <laughs> well, I was just maybe he lives I was in the just piney going woods. for the pine cone mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, Western Mutant IPA, we're digging deep to find IPAs roots and reach new heights of hopped up weirdness. Uh, I love it's got a little hop on there with a beer beer can tab on top of it. It's kind of fun. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. And then it lists the uh, it lists the hops that they're using. Nelson Savon, uh, yeah. that's a New Zealand hop. The uh, Akoya 
from Germany, uh, Saphir from Germany, and Simcoe uh, from the Pacific Northwest. I have a feeling it's you're not going to like this beer. I'm not going to. I have a feeling you're not. Let's see if I'm right. It's pretty piney. Mm-hmm. Right off the bat. Oh, it's bitter. Yeah. Oh, there it is. And I think I've, I've got a little pine cone stuck in my teeth there. <laughs> I have one of those little uh, flosser things I can get you. Ah, uh, so yeah, the second taste of this gets real better. <laughs> you know, so the place where I am with these, this is not my favorite style of IPA, but when I want this, I want one that does it right, and I feel like this one does it right. It's hard to tell because my knee-jerk reaction to this is too much pine cone bitter. Mm-hmm. But it might be one of those beers where after you after you have a few sips that you kind of you, your palate kind of adjusts. Mm-hmm. But uh, my knee jerk reaction to this is I probably wouldn't ask for this again. Well, this is definitely for those of you who like IPAs. This is definitely a I think a textbook. There's a West Coast IPA. There's a very nice um, malt note that happens right at the very mm-hmm. end of the palate before mm-hmm. you swallow. I kind of that makes me want to like this, but it has got, like, if you like ridiculous, yeah, see, so the, so by now, I've already had, like, four or five sips, and by now that bitterness is kind of still there, but not as brutal. I like it. Again, not not my absolute favorite style of IPA, but there's something going on here. I mean, it's 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 got... It's got some real yeah, this hop is, balance this to is, it for something that's as over the top hoppy as this is. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it seems to be made for like that's what they're trying to do. They're really this is to uh, hoppy IPAs what diesel is to cigars. Right, you know and, what you're getting, and and, and, and they deliver like, what you want. Uh, like um, like uh, like uh, what's it called from California that just sold off. Uh, Oh, we're talking about stone. Stone, a little yeah. bit like stone. It's it's unapologetically exactly what it is, and they're not they're not saying, "Hey, this is your sessionable, drinkable even, IPA." And even Dogfish Head, you know, um, mm. there's those are some pretty hoppy beers. Those uh, uh, speaking those of Dogfish minute, Head, one yeah. of the other beers I had with Mister Nichols last night, yeah, was uh, was an older. It'd been in my fridge for a couple of years, so a little did bit of care? age on it. The one twenty minute, and how did that hold up to so that good. kind of aging? So it, it was, the one twenty okay. minutes hold yeah. up to aging so well. Nice, nice. Well, I'm uh, so I'm thrilled you're you're enjoying some IPAs lately. I I don't hate IPAs. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually really enjoy IPAs yeah. when they're well done. Yeah. Remember, I brought you that one from Shannon. I yes. think that's a great IPA. It is a that's, great IPA. Yeah, that's a very well balanced IPA. I just like I like them to be balanced. This is I don't think this is unbalanced. I just think it's a little too pine coney for I me. I will say that this summer I'm actually trending towards pale ales as opposed to IPAs. Just a little bit more sessionable a little bit lighter just because it's so hot outside i mean as much i i know that you'll you know go tubing and drink a you know pastry stout on the energy have no as, problems you, with that. as you float down but i, I like something I can, I can feel a little less heavy in the in the summertime and just i've been really enjoying the harmony from saint arnold yeah, that's yeah. their pale ale it's just so drinkable so so easy so to I, take down. so here's the thing i used to for years i would avoid things that were lager and pale ale because mm-hmm. there just weren't a lot of really good ones right, out right um and then uh like unless you got something like like the sam adams you know the boston mm-hmm. lager that's uh, a great that, was, that was great but generally speaking i wouldn't and then when uh carbach 
uh, started up and they started making them mother in logger or not mother in logger but sympathy, uh, sympathy for the logger. For the logger. Mm-hmm. I remember trying that and going, wow. And that was my beer of choice for a long time for sessionable mm-hmm. and everything like mm-hmm. that. And then when they got bought and a Budweiser was like, no, you can't have this lager. You can't anymore. have this lager because we make lager, damn it. Right. <laughs> it uh, tastes nothing like then this. Then I flopped around for a little while. But recently yeah. what's been happening is uh, there's been a lot of local breweries that are making outstanding yes. pale ales and lagers. Yep, absolutely. I absolutely. Mean, uh, and and cream ales or blonde mm-hmm, ales or whatever. Mm-hmm. So like like between Buckle Bunnies, uh, between Buckle Eureka Heights, Buckle Bunny is fantastic. There's uh, uh, Eighth Wonder Tex, mm-hmm. Texas Lager. That's so Wonderful. good. It, it, you um, described it as Lone Star. If Lone Star was really really good, yeah. And then uh, like Scout, the Mexican Lager from oh, that's uh, wonderful True Anomaly, from True Anomaly is yes. fantastic. Yeah, it really is. There's actually quite a few of those now that I can walk into a store and go, "Oh, this is good," or "I'll have this." Mm-hmm. Um, and that makes me real happy because I don't have to always drink, you know, nine percent beers. <laughs> I mean, I like to. You but... enjoy it, but, uh, <laughs> but I don't have exactly. to. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break, and we will uh, return. Um, we're going to tell you about these uh, cigar aficionado. Uh, 12 outstanding cigars to smoke this summer. So I'm looking forward to that uh, uh, that list. I haven't actually been through the whole thing, so it'll be very interesting to me to see what's on it. Smoking and toasting, we'll be right back. <laughs> Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. Uh, our program is all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Show number 292, or as we like to say, halfway to 333. Yeah. Um, so Cigar Aficionado is, they're good for lists. They release lists they, every they once in a while. They are list-making folks Yeah, the list-making machine. Uh, but they actually do, uh, you know, I know they get a lot of criticism uh, from people in the industry who generally if you're an industry leader you're going to get criticism whatever your industry is people yeah. are going to go well they should do this or that uh, and and there may be some other cigar magazines that i enjoy a little more than these guys but generally speaking their their reviews seem to carry a pretty decent amount of weight yeah we've talked with uh, you know our friend alan denny who was working for ep Carrillo at the time that E.P. Carrillo was named Cigar of the yeah, Year. Yeah. They were number one on that list, and he told us how big a deal how it was. crazy it Every was. Every cigar shop wanted to order them at, at that point. So um, so anyway, when they do one of these uh, lists, I, I, at, at least I'll say this. I don't find what I think are bullshit cigars on their best of well, lists. Here's you know? the thing about uh, Cigar Aficionado. Like them or not. Mm-hmm. Their end of the year list is the list, right? Like it's, every it's, other every other cigar right. magazine uh, and publication is going to do a list. Right. It's kind of like the Oscars, but it's not they're, the they're, list, right? There are other movie awards list, but the Oscars are the ones that carry the weight, right? You know? And 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 I think honestly, I think they do a pretty good job overall. I do. So let's see what they said for uh, twelve outstanding cigars to smoke. This summer, I believe these are in alphabetical order. So the first one that they uh, mention is the the Bolivar Royal Corona. It's the Tubo. It scored ninety three points. This is a Cuban cigar. Uh, they point out that although Bolivar is not maybe as popular as other Cuban brands such as Cohiba or Monte Cristo, they're well known uh, by Cuban cigar fans who are looking for a more full bodied right. Cuban cigar. So uh, this particular size was even Cigar of the Year for Cigar Aficionado back in two thousand and six. They say it's a rich, full smoke, nutmeg, oak, 
tropical fruit, hickory notes uh, that all come together with a cappuccino-like finish. So there you go. That's pretty specific. Um, that one, by the way, 27 pounds is the price that they give for oh. that because uh, they don't give American for uh, the Cuban cigars. Uh, coming in at $8.90 and scoring a 94 when it was reviewed, uh, the Casa Magna Colorado Robusto, another former cigar of the year. Uh, Casa Magna, we just talked about right, uh, right. that from uh, Casada Cigars. It's made in uh, Nicaragua by the Placencias for Casada, and it's a Nicaraguan Puro. It uh, is a pretty good, pretty good deal for a robusto. It's not quite ten dollars, mm-hmm. and a lot of the cigars you find on this list are going to be more than that. Like for example, the Padron uh, 1964 Anniversary Series Precipe, uh, a 90, 94 points, eleven dollars and sixty cents, and Padron, you know, always done well with their specialty anniversary series and yeah. these uh, rankings. They say this one provides a rich, rich mixture of coffee, chocolate, and tangy wood. Smokes like a cigar that's twice its size. This is a small cigar. If you're going to get a, uh, a Padron 1964 anniversary for $11.60, it's not going to be a yeah. large cigar. So, uh, The Por La Ranga uh, Galantes, or Galanes, I'm sorry, no T in there. Uh, it's a recent newcomer in the Cuban cigar world. It is a Cuban, released just last year, making its first new size, added to this brand since 2015, and uh, they do a whole review on it, but it is uh, uh, 22.5 pounds, uh, and they scored it in a 94. The Arturo Fuente Hemingway Work of Art. I have not smoked the Work of Art. Have you? I know. I'm going for sound effects right I, now. I like it. I see what you're doing there. Uh, uh, I no, I haven't the, done the Work yeah, of Art. Yeah, I haven't it, had that. I've had the. Uh, it looks like the short story. I've had the much, short story, yeah. and I've had the. There's another one that's uh, just slightly bigger than the short story. Mm-hmm. No, is that the Work of Art? Um. Yeah, I, I I have to see them side by side now to be. There's to tell there's you the a couple in that that are they're all named similar like that. Mm-hmm. That, that in the 1980s they say figurados weren't particularly popular, uh, but in 1983 Carlos Fuente Jr. found some old figurado and perfecto cigar molds in Ybor City and he took them back to the Dominican Republic. Nice. Shortly after the Hemingway line was born, this brand consists of entirely tapered, shapely smokes that are made with Dominican binders and fillers wrapped in a toothy leaf of Cameroon tobacco. The work of art size burns and draws evenly with a creamy, sweet smoke before a woody finish is what they say about it. Uh, $10.75, but it's for a really small cigar, but it is at least a very interesting uh, shape. Well, anytime you can get any of the Anniversario series for mm-hmm. $10, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, call it a special occasion cigar if you get $10. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, I I am a big fan of of those uh, those level of padrones. Yeah, I I, I I don't I'm not a big fan of their um their entry level ones or their agreed core, core line I guess whatever we call it the, mm-hmm. the I think they're called the three thousand or whatever but. Now, this is interesting because Camacho made this list. We were talking in previous weeks about how Camacho has really started to bounce back, uh, mm-hmm. you know, because they really they really fell off for a while. Uh, but they list the Camacho Corojo Figurado. It scored a 93. It's $9.80. And they even say here, Davidoff of Geneva acquired the Camacho cigar brand in 2008 from the Arroyo family, and the various lines are now color-coded. 
the Corojo line, which has bright red packaging, gets its name from its reddish uh, wrapper. They say it's the defining tobacco, the Honduran tobacco, uh, is uh, the Honduran Corojo is the defining tobacco of the cigar, which delivers impressions of German chocolate cake, like I was mentioning earlier, mm-hmm. uh, orange peel, licorice, and wood. The E.P. Carrillo Pledge Apogee is $15. It is a six and a quarter by 58. It is the big sister to the Pledge prequel, which was Cigar You of the know year. what's wrong with that cigar? What? Not a damn thing. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's good stuff. The My Father Labijou 1922 Churchill uh, comes in at $12.90. It's 93 points. And that is a wonderful cigar. I've had one of those ah, recently. I love those, yeah. Yeah. Um, the uh, Lito Gomez Tiez Small Batch Number 7. This is uh, the Lito Gomez. It's the same color and and uh look as the la flor dominicana but it's right. lito uh, lito's name is on this one it's a 23 dollar and 20 cent cigar uh and it's small batch it's made in the dominican republic but they're known for power and delivering a rich hearty tobacco carry uh, a hearty tobacco character uh the jfr lunatic torch uh, is uh, $9.50. It scored a 92. Uh, it's an all-Nicaraguan Toro from Aganor Salif, and uh, it's it's a, a really good-looking cigar, actually. So here's the thing about the JFR cigars. They're mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Um, and uh, if you go in and you find one uh, that looks good, you can buy a slightly bigger size than you would normally get mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they're generally, I wouldn't say they're mild, uh, but there's some, there's the si- for the size that you're getting, it's not right. as overwhelming as you would think exactly. a lot of times. Exactly. They, mm-hmm. they tend to really, really be able to uh, to uh, hold their own all the way through. Uh, Liberation by Hamlet is the third collaboration between Hamlet Paredes, a former cigar roller from Cuba, and Rocky Patel. It's a big cigar at 6.5 by 55, and it scored 92 points. It makes this list and sells for $12.90. And that is actually the last Cigar on Rocky the list. Patel so. is the Santana of the cigar industry. Oh, he totally is, isn't he? Yeah, one hundred percent. Have you tried this? I whiskey love yet? Rocky. No, I have not. I'm fact, so I even so interested to see what you think when you try it. Well, I, I love it on the nose. There's so much, uh, mm, so much nuance. This is yeah. The there's nose. there's a lot going on in there. Mm-hmm. The oaky notes that you get. Um, are are so so big and it is wow i mean you can taste that wait wait for the aftertaste mm-hmm, you can taste mm-hmm. that oak astringency in it that really makes you want to go back and have another there's a lot of like mineral water kind of thing going on then there's an underlying almost caramel and interestingly and i've never ne- never necessarily had this thought with regular slain which i do like a lot but I've never. What I thought immediately was, "Ooh, I wonder what this would be like with an ice cube in it." This is actually quite good with an ice cube. There's an underlying chocolatiness that this there has. There really is that um, a little bit of orange. And, peel. The, and we're talking about an Irish whiskey here. Like mm-hmm. we got a lot of flavors going on that you don't a lot of times get in an Irish whiskey. Mm-hmm. The uh, legacy of uh, of eighty one is a tribute to Lord Henry Covingham's. Uh, 
Cunningham's Cunningham. Sorry, yeah, it's a V and a Y. I can't see. <laughs> uh, vision forty years ago to bring Ireland together by throwing the country's biggest rock concert in nineteen eighty one on his front lawn of Slain Castle, the family's home since the eighteenth century. His vision lies and have lives in having uh, played host to some of the world's biggest music acts today and tomorrow. This whiskey uh, amps up the flavor that comes from Slain Irish Whiskey Signature Triple Cask Method using extra virgin oak barrel oak barrels to blend with seasoning uh, barrels and sherry cask. The extra virgin oak cask uh, dials up the toasted oak and vanilla notes found in our core Slain blend to deliver a rich, complex whiskey. So he took something that was already really, really good. Yeah. And, and they just kind of turned it, it to a little 11. Bit. Yeah. But it does add a few things that you don't get, like the... The chocolatey note that you get in the background, I don't, I don't think exists in the regular slain. Is this a limited edition? Do you know? Is I don't it, is know. Only out for a little. I know it says special edition. I don't know if that means it's only here for a while or not. It just says special. It doesn't say anything about it. Four dollars, by the way. It was forty-four dollars. Yeah. I don't think I paid. I think I paid thirty for mine. Wow, you may have just gotten it at a better price uh, or maybe it was on a sale or something like mm -hmm. that but uh i but, was amazed at case, how much it didn't cost well and i was amazed at that at 44 yeah you know i would say it's totally worth the 44 dollars. that's Every double the price of the standard slain uh almost uh double the price of standard slain. but it is really uh i think something a little bit special they did a good job on this make sure i'm not remembering it wrong um yeah, the price point on this, I remember it being not much more than the regular Slane when I bought it. And again, it could have been it could have been a sale. So So I'm seeing some prices on uh online. Um thirty nine, uh forty eight, forty four, thirty nine, thirty eight. Okay, so I must have gotten it on a sale because it was closer to thirty. Yeah. I wanted to say I spent about 44 on this. It was but. closer to 30, and it was at uh, Total Wine in mm -hmm. Round Rock area or mm -hmm. north of Austin area, something like that. Mm. This is a delicious. It's good. Delicious Irish and whiskey. And so oaky. Like, that oak yes. comes through I'm hardcore. Not, I'm having a hard time thinking of any Irish whiskey I could compare this to. That so, the, uh, the uh, Jameson Caskmates. Mm. You know they had they had one that they uh, finished in a IPA cask. They had one they finished in a stout cask. That has some similar qualities, but and they're good whiskeys. But I think this one is a little more of a um, more of a refined uh, kind of flavor profile going on. It's all you know, almost comes to the level of Conor McGregor's Irish whiskey. Don't you think? <laughs> <laughs> that's if, a, that's if it was bad if it was good bad whiskey joke i yeah. told you about being at a friend's house and trying it yeah actually trying it like it was one of those things where once you try it and you start to start to get it like you almost can't stop finding things mm -hmm. wrong with mm -hmm. it it's not very good mm. this on the other hand this is very spectacular good. this is like leaps and bounds better than mm -hmm. that it really is this is actually like yeah, this is just good. Yeah. And I would say this doesn't drink like a scotch. It doesn't drink. You're not trying to. They're not trying to make it be something else. Right. They're just letting it be what it is. Yeah, but it's giving a, it this it's richness. It's Irish whiskey with a lot of mineral wateriness to it and and some I, other stuff. I can see why you 
while you texted me the photo because <laughs> that's good that's really good Mm-mm-mm. yeah I was, and it goes great with cigars i sat out on the porch and had cigars with it that evening and really enjoyed myself love the idea i may have been playing diablo on a computer or something why don't we just like say thank you very much have a good week and let's go the rest of the show is you watching us drink (laughs) which is kind of what the previous part of the show has been but (laughs) almost indistinguishable (laughs) exactly it won't be you'll you'll never know the difference all right we're gonna take a break We'll, we'll come back when we return freshly fueled by slain special edition iris whiskey it's going to be time for drinking news my friends little adventure on the subway this week so we'll get right back to you it's uh, smoking and toasting thank you for uh, hanging out with us <laughs> yeah that's a nice addition to the show, welcome back my friends it's smoking and toasting episode number 292 yes, halfway to 333 in the uh, break um uh, I thought that Keegan described this whiskey perfectly. He said it was friendly. It was. He said, it "Wow, friendly. that's friendly." And I was like, "You know, that's that's perfect. Like it does walk right up and introduce itself and say hello, and it's perfectly uh, and very Irish in that." It in needs that someone sense. to say that in an Irish accent. Yeah. Uh, do you want me to attempt it or not? I'm a little scared. Yeah, you probably should be. <laughs> <laughs> see, see, your better instincts won out, and that's <laughs> little, probably good. I will, however, let you know. The ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the a segment of this program that has become inexplainably popular. I don't know how or why this has happened, but it is one of the most popular things that we do here on Smoking and Toasting. It's where we bring you a story from the news that may or may not be about drinking, but is always best listened to if you've been drinking which we certainly have thank you slain special edition irish whiskey ladies and gentlemen it's time for drinking news drinking news drinking news i like drinking on drinking news drinking news drinking news now it's time for drinking news a florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet when asked about his absent arm he said uh Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Cheers, y'all. See, at least that wasn't an Irish accent. <laughs> I wasn't try, trying the Irish accent. I was sitting at home drinking and watching the Geico commercial. I, I, I That's had where some, that came from. I had some feedback last week, by the way, about yeah? the Spanish guitar during the uh, during the uh, list of uh, tequilas that we were oh, talking yeah? about. What yeah. was the feedback? That everyone seemed to like it. Oh, okay, good, good. I thought maybe you got some bad feedback that didn't like your playing. I mean, I may have, but I didn't listen to it. Okay, good. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what's important. Well, on today's episode of Drinking News, we're going to talk about twerking. <laughs> you know what twerking is, right? It's when someone, usually but not always female, shakes their booty very rapidly as a kind of a dance. Strippers do it. Girls in clubs do it. Girls in rap videos do it. Miley Cyrus does it. And God help us all, Cardi B does it. You get the picture. Okay? What, so what you're saying is it doesn't take a lot of talent to twerk. Exactly. And, and you know, and not knocking strippers. They're probably the most talented of that bunch. Uh, but anyway, what I don't understand about twerking and I'm just being honest here. Maybe this is just me. 
I don't understand why it's considered sexy. I mean, sure, the shape and contours of a butt can be very attractive, but I don't get why shaking it around wildly is such a big deal. I mean, I can only speak for me, but I much prefer a slower, more sensual style of movement to something that looks like a jack-in-the-box on amphetamines, you know? Uh, uh, but again, maybe that's just me. And then there's apparently something out there called, and I'm not making this up, a flash twerk party, which is kind of like a flash mob. Does anybody do those anymore? The flash mob is what is that like five years ago, six years ago? Uh, but anyway, a flash twerk party. Uh, people don't just show up. They show up and twerk. That's a flash I twerk party. To say. And that's what happened recently when a group of New York women decided to stage one of these. And the place they decided to do it was, of course, on the subway. Yeah, it had to be. Yeah. Now, I've ridden the subway in New York City, and I've seen some pretty crazy stuff. Uh, but nothing ever came close to this. According to reports, a group of women dressed in skimpy black bikinis boarded the L train and threw themselves a little twerking and pool party to the complete surprise of everyone who was writing. The New York Post, which always loves these kind of stories, reports that, and I'm quoting from the story here, strap hangers struggled to hold on to their morals as a collection <laughs> of voluptuous vixens dressed in skimpy black bikinis jumped, gyrated, and jiggled during the makeshift party. <laughs> One of the spectators, whose Twitter address is at Mike from Queens, uh, posted a clip of the twerking ladies offering up lap dances and shots of liquor to subway passengers during the recent rush hour commute, to which he added the comment, WTF is going on here. And that clip has now been viewed over a half a million times. <laughs> uh, I'm just going to I'm just going to show you, Ian, uh, because a uh, Adam will be posting this, but but you won't necessarily be able to see it. So let me just show you. This is an actual photo from the subway <laughs> of the twerkers. I'll show you the I love camera that it here, says, meanwhile, yeah, in meanwhile New York in NYC. City. You see that gig and you can get, get a view of it. Yeah. So there's our, uh, there's our twerkers. And this is real. This happened on the subway in New York City. But uh, <clears throat> I digress. Uh, one of the spectators, uh, Mike from Queens, uh, I said he posted that. It's, it's been viewed over a half a million times. And when the unnamed women weren't busy shaking their moneymakers while travelers watched and filmed in awe, these party animals <laughs> took turns hurling their bodies across a slip and slide that was stationed on the train's floor and lubricated with bottled water. And that is what our photo is of them on the slip and slide. Uh, that, well, uh, yep. <clears throat> Hey, they're thorough. The women celebrated the rest of their joyride by bouncing their bottoms on the crotches of male bystanders and twerking on each other in an inflatable swimming pool. Uh, <laughs> one bit of footage uh, that was posted shows what the New York Post refers to as, and again, I'm quoting here, two scantily clad voluptuaries popping their <laughs> rumps while mesmerized eyewitnesses gawked, end quote. Did and, they did they drop it while it's hot? Uh, yeah, I think I think it's pretty much what they did. 
Um, I mean, maybe it was getting hot in there. Yeah, maybe maybe that's what they did. They took off all their clothes. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, uh, <laughs> when the subway I, when I saw the sign, I thought to myself, "Good gracious!" Yeah, ass bodacious. I bet you did. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just to show you that there's no place in the world like New York City. One of the gawkers who was on the subway, unconnected to the twerking women, uh, was apparently some dude dressed in full costume as a crash test dummy. (laughs) Because, of course he was. Yeah, exactly. Now, not everyone was offended. One uh, subway passenger posted on Twitter that his ride home was the most lit shit ever (laughs) (laughs) and punctuated his approval with a thumbs up and a drooling emoji. I I like how you said not everybody was offended, as if, like... Most people were offended. I, I don't know. I mean, that's how I, I don't know. By the way, report, reports that that dude also posted the eggplant emoji have not been confirmed. So uh, we'll have to go back and look. <laughs> the Metro Transit Authority, however, was not amused, calling it a, quote, Hollywood concoction or a dopey stunt, end quote. Yeah, I will admit, even though I'm not really into the twerking thing, I would have paid good money to actually be on that subway car and I, see I like all of this go down. I like to think that the conductor looked back. And we're like, oh, my God, something's happening. And Kentucky looked back and went, all right, we're going to give it a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Honestly, though, I would have paid good money to be on that subway car because this kind of thing doesn't happen in Lytle, Texas, where I grew up. This is a New York thing, (laughs) right? So the next time you're on a subway and bikini girls with inflatable pools and a slip and slide get on, brace yourself for some real New York City style entertainment. Hey, it's, it's probably better than Cats. And it's definitely better than standing next to the old guy who smells like garlic and keeps farting for the whole ride. Cats has everything like cat people and space hookers. Yeah. All kinds of stuff, right? Keep going. Keep going. (laughs) Reporting live from the L train where, despite the fact that we're underground, there are multiple nearly full moons quite visible. My name is Cruz and that is your... Drinking news, drinking news. That's our time for drinking news. Jujo. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty amazing. I mean, honestly, this is one that you almost have to see the photo to be uh, as as amazed that's, uh, at, 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 that this actually that's happened. That's so funny. You know, that this actually well, happened. Well, hey, you know, I mean, would you be offended? Uh, no, I would not be offended in the least. But, you know, I've done, I've done uh, you know, promotions in topless bars, you know, <laughs> back in my radio days. So it's not a, 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 a plus I, I'm just not easily offended. Like you really have to go the distance. There's to a whole me. subculture of people who are just looking for, stuff looking to for reasons to be by. offended. Right. I am not, I am not. I mean, there are things that I see that I think are offensive, but I just don't get all that worked up about them. You, you know, know what, what I, I mean? do when I see offensive stuff? What do you do? Like just stop looking at stop it. Stop looking at it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because I'm actually grown up. Yeah. yeah. And, and I can do that. You know, it, it's you're right, though. There is a whole outrage culture out there that's oh, yeah. just looking for the next thing to be Anything. pissed off about. Anything. Right? And it's like, you know what? I'd just rather be happy. I, you know, you call it an outrage culture. I call it a victim mentality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It really is. Like, what can I be a victim of? Now, <laughs> <laughs> my HOA uh, Keegan says, <laughs> I totally get that. HOAs totally are the worst, that. and I'm going to say know? that because I don't have one. Yeah, well, <laughs> so I know, you know what I, I think about I have, HOAs. I have the building. Screw so, the HOAs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I will say though, I used to say this to my ex-wife. I, I used to tell her all the time, "You'd rather be 
right than happy. And I think that's where some of the outrage culture lines up. Like, they'd rather be all pissed off about something and show you that they're right. Well, not only that, but they're pissed off to be that happy. you're not pissed off about it. Yeah, so they're doubly yeah, pissed yeah. off about it. I'm like, you know what? I think I'm going to have a beer and a cigar. And, you know. Uh, so just enjoy I have life pointed out bit. to people that I've met in that line of uh, thinking mm-hmm. that I'm just not willing to let some small thing that I run across during my day control my entire no, mental state. And, and I understand it's, this. I'm not. I understand this so it. well because I used to let things that irritated me just really ruin my day. No. And, and this is something I've really had to work on because I realized the only person that's getting really screwed over by this is me. Yeah. Yeah. The person who did it isn't going to feel any differently about what they did because I'm upset. The only person that's hurting is me. So if I can figure out a way to pivot a little bit here and just be happy, oh, yeah. it's just, better. I just, I just avoid that like the Matrix. Just yeah. whoosh. <laughs> like the Goes Matrix. right by me in bullet yeah. time. It's the green pill is what it is. <laughs> it's the green pill. Oh, man. All right. I think it's beer time. Um, we have not had an English beer on this program in a very long time. Fact, I, right. don't re- I don't remember the last time. If you're going to make me do this, look at this big, beautiful bottle. It is a big, beautiful bottle. Of it? Samuel Smith's Organic Chocolate Stout. Now, this is a malt beverage with natural flavors added <clears throat> uh, at Sam Smith's Brewery in Tadcaster, uh, New York's. Uh, that's not I think New York. North, I think it's North York. North York's. I think it is. Because it says in, right? Not new. Yeah. Oh, you're right. You're right. Yep, yep. I'm trying uh, to read and be fast on here. So let me ask you this. I'm just considering to talk about this are so you, you get real thirsty. I'm really I'm, thirsty already. So, you know, get moving there, buddy. Uh, <laughs> but are, are you familiar with uh, Sam Smith's? I, I have been drinking Sam Smith's Nut Brown Ale and a few mm-hmm. of, uh, other of their beers over many, many years. They, they and I actually have I had this before, but it has uh-huh. been many years since I've All had right. it. So it'll be interesting to see how it holds up to your memory. There's a, uh, there's a bar... Uh, coffee bar in town brazil's over on westheimer mm-hmm. that uh that i used to play at and they always had the sam smiths uh there so i used to indulge mm-hmm. anytime i was there always good to know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well i'll i'll tell you that um when i always I had think sam of... smith's nut brown ale and anchor steam those are like i was like by the way i going just between got those some two. of anchors um uh ale yeah, their pale ale, which is kind of one of the earliest pale ales uh, that you could, in many ways, say it kicked off the whole IPA thing. That's a really good beer. It's a really good beer. I enjoyed that very much. This got a six pack of that this week. Is so earthy and dark chocolatey. Right, there's lots of dark chocolate, and I will point out that it does call itself an organic chocolate stout. I mean, it smells like brownie batter. And this, by the way, that's a cacao uh, bean, mm-hmm. right? It, it just does smell it like smells like brownie it does batter. Smell like brownie batter. That's a that's a pretty good smell. That's a pretty good thing. To you smell know what it like. tastes like? Mm. It tastes like brownie batter <laughs> in the best way possible in a beer. That's really actually quite quite good. Uh, brewed with water from our original brewery well sunk in uh, from our originally brewery well sunk in 1758. 
Gently roasted organic chocolate malt and real organic cocoa are used in this ale to impart a delicious, smooth, and creamy character. You notice how uh, how fine the, the the bubbles feel on this. Mm, yes, it's very fine. It reminds me actually of like if you had a, a Boddington's cream ale, mm -hmm. but not a cream ale, a stout instead. But it's got that same mouth feel to mm -hmm. it. Um. Let's see. Uh, with inviting deep flavors and delightful finish, this is the perfect marriage of satisfying stout and luxurious chocolate that will lead to smiles and refills. Samuel Smith's brews uh, in tradition. Oh, Samuel Smith's brews in uh, traditional coppers using stone Yorkshire squares for fermentation and ships every bottle from the brewery with great pride. Mm. I got to tell you, you know what this the finish on this is like? Brownie batter. Yeah. Uh, like everything about this is brownie batter. If you like brownie batter, you're, you're going to love, love this, this beer. beer. It is well, good. It's it's good. It's got a little sweetness to it. It's mm -hmm. got a little uh, um, uh, like tight carbonation to it. It's really, really, it, it doesn't have a lot of notes going on, but it has brownie batter. No, what it has, though, it's coming across. I mean, there's some vanilla notes. There's some, mm -hmm. um, the, the but the chocolate. Does I mean, it say what the ABV is on this? Because it doesn't drink like a heavier beer. I don't think it's particularly high. It doesn't seem to me like it is. Uh, Usually uh, it's 5%. Oh, okay, yeah, because I'm saying a lot of times when you get a stout, you're getting a higher ABV. Yeah. But that is uh, that is not that high. Well, and stouts by nature of having more malt and more uh, stuff in it mm -hmm. basically create more sugars, which creates more yeah, alcohol. But a you lot know of what? Times. It's like it's like a chocolatier, chocolatier Guinness. Yeah. Is what it's like. It's got about the same mouthfeel and about the same punch and impact. Is it doesn't have the, but it's more. Chocolate. It doesn't have the barley, uh, the barley, the roasted barley, the roasted vibe. barley mm -hmm. vibe. Yeah, agreed, agreed. But it is really good. It is. It is also pretty dark. I mean, yes, it is. That's a. That's. A, I mean, that's pretty much black. Mm -hmm. Almost looks like a coffee. It's so black. Yeah. But there's no coffee in this. It's not, you know, sometimes it, the stouts have that chocolate and coffee. Yeah, it doesn't this have just a lot has of the coffee. chocolate, no coffee. <laughs> it's um, it's very it's very baking chocolate too on the uh, on the finish. You know who you know who made a great stout was Stouts, S T O U D T S Stouts Brewing Company, one of the original and first craft breweries in Pennsylvania. I stout that. They closed their doors after a 30 year run in 2020. Now, just two years later, they are back. They have partnered with Evil Genius Brewing, nice, which is a wonderfully Evil makes great stuff. Wonderfully creative. Uh, they also brewery. have very long names for their beer. Yeah, yes, they do. <laughs> They're the ones that have those. Yeah, names. Yeah, are, the one that's like I was on the subway yeah. on my way home from one day, and this is an ale that I had, and that's the name of the beer. <laughs> so on August first, Stout's Oktoberfest, a traditional German style lager, will make its return in the Greater Philadelphia region, in northeastern Pennsylvania and central Pennsylvania. I will. I will just put out a call now to anyone who listens to the show who's in that area please contact us because i will trade you all kinds of texas beer yeah, man. for some of that oktoberfest i would love to be able to uh sample that this fall anyway uh, but i i love seeing that because you did hear stories of different breweries having to shut down during the pandemic i didn't hear about many of them in our area which i think says something about how craft beer fertile this area is yeah that the breweries 
so many of the breweries were able to make it through and and once they could open their beer gardens again and stuff well there was a lot of support i mean a lot of uh, a lot of breweries were selling six packs they'd run it out to your car Mm -hmm. and stick it in the trunk of your car and you know there was a no contact thing going on there was a lot of that going on and then once the tap rooms opened up even to a limited degree people were really really supporting those locals and I know there was that initial rush to the liquor store. Yes. Um, everybody did that. Yeah, everybody yeah. did that. Uh, and, and that's okay because, you know, you should have stuff at your house. The busiest I've ever seen specs yeah. was right after the initial sort of lockdown. <laughs> I was like, nobody's going to be there. It's going to be deserted. No, it was we, not. We have a term we use around here called hunkering down. Yeah, yeah. And that's, that's part exactly of it right. is get alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Get beer, get alcohol, hunker down. Hunker down. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a really delicious. Like you need beer. A little more yeah, of this. That's a really delicious beer. And I say that. So we had, I talked about the cigar with the German chocolate. And now this is just almost like a. Uh, hey, a could a you imagine this and chocolate. that cigar? Mm. That would go together rather well, I would think. Yeah, Sam Smith makes great beer. I've, I've had many of them over the years. Um, totally it, worth it. it how, how old is that? Is that one of the like going way back uh i don't know how old the actual brewery is uh but it does say on here brewed with water from the original brewery well sunk in 1758 okay so i think they've been around for a while then they they know something about brewing wow can Uh, you imagine being around at a small traditional british brewery the oldest brewery in yorkshire Mm, i like it it actually says yorkshire but i was trying to be very british about Mm -hmm. that yorkshire (laughs) So, mm. It has a picture of a brewer caring for a batch of ale during open primary fermentation where the centuries-old Smith yeast strain produces uh, the Rocky Way foam. Oh, yeah. So yeast strains, you can, you can like, keep, like, yeast strains alive for literally centuries because it just keeps, uh, it keeps growing on it. So you yeah, feed it, it and it just keeps yeah. growing. Mm-hmm. Propagating. That's the word I was looking for. Nice English, man. I think you're all smart because you can read. <laughs> How are your eyes doing, by the way? Uh, well, I, I I get my surgery in a couple of weeks, so oh, okay. I haven't done anything yet. Now, I'm back to wearing my contacts because I had to wear the glasses on that one episode because I was getting my. They were doing those really precise measurements, uh, and so they wanted me to go without the contacts for like seven days before right. they did that so they get the measurements right. But yeah, I'm 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 excited about getting awesome. this done. I am. I want to be able to read the labels on my liquor bottles without having to put glasses on. Mm. So I'm see you just gotta have the right, you know the right the right outlook on yes, things. That's yes. right. That's absolutely <laughs> right. It's kinda like not being mad at the kids on your lawn or whatever. Like it's like, you know, the right outlook and you can be okay. It's a thing right now. My brother, I just talked to my brother on the phone earlier today, my older brother, and he's uh he's going for an eye appointment and mm-hmm. I've got to go do that myself. So Yeah. Well, I'm uh, I'm excited and I'll be uh, hopefully hopefully be on here uh, you know, seeing uh, seeing great without glasses or contacts soon. I'm excited about it. Um, I want to just take a moment and thank everybody uh, that's involved uh, behind the scenes that makes the show happen. We mentioned Adam in the cloud, who is uh, doing all the post-production now on the show. Keegan has stepped into the void and really uh, helped us with uh, with being able to engineer the show and get it done. And uh, Mary, who handles booking, uh, who works quite a bit of time. You, you would think it would be really easy to get people to come on and be a guest and, and drink beer or or liquor with us and in some cases it is but not everybody is dots 
So, uh, true. you know, and, and I mean that in the best possible way. I wish everybody was doxxed because <laughs> he's a cool dude. But uh, anyway, we got to get him back on the show. You think? I wonder if they have anything new over there. It doesn't matter. He's so fun anyway. Maybe we should just ask him to come on and drink with us. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Docs, if you're out there, we're officially inviting you to come back. You don't have to have Anytime. anything new. Just come on. Let's drink together. All right. Anyway, thank you to all those people who've uh, been involved in, in helping the show get together. We are going to take a break, and we will come back to say goodbye. It's been a very interesting show from a uh, beer and uh, spirit standpoint. This slain Irish whiskey, I think, blew us away. This stout is like... I'm still just going to say brownie batter. So good. Brownie batter. We'll I'm, right I'm fine with this. We'll right I would back. drink this right on the, on the tube in the river. I know you would. Welcome back. It is Smoking and Toasting. It is the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Uh, and we are proud to welcome you back to the show. Thank you for being a part of all of it uh, this this week. Uh, what qualifies as a craft brewery, according to Yelp? Uh, well, they followed the criteria laid out by the Brewers Association. To be considered a craft, a brewery must produce less than 6 million barrels per year, be independently owned less than with the... A less than 25% ownership stake by a large beverage or alcohol company and make beer. So with those rules in mind. That last one seems pretty important. Here's what they came up with for the top 10 craft breweries in California, according to Yelp. Uh, and number 10 out of Van Nuys, the McLeod Ale Brewing Company. Uh, and number nine out of Riverside, California, the Route 30 Brewing Company. Uh, I don't know either of those yet, but uh, we'll have to. Check them out. Uh, out of Huntington Beach, the Flashpoint Brewing Company at number eight. Mm, I've uh, heard Flashpoint. Uh, Grovesland, California, came in at number seven with the Round the Horn Brewing Company, never which heard. sounds more like an ESPN show than a, uh, um, <laughs> uh, a, a, a brewery, but hey. Uh, Pedro Point Brewing out of Pacifica in at number six. Dutch's Brew House out of Long Beach is number five. So this is interesting because I'm not hearing any of the suspects that i was flashpoint is the only one i yeah. know of so mm -hmm. far mm -hmm. parliament brewing at number four uh i mean that, that just sounds funky ronert park yeah uh telco brewery out of santa clarita uh and deft brewing out of san diego and number one is home brewing out of san diego which they say is now closed it was the well, number well, one brewery on this so all of this surprises me. No Firestone Walker, no um, uh, 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 what's the guys in in San Diego? No stone, that, that, no. You're right, no Stone, no. And of course, this whole thing was done before the news about Stone. I guess Anchor's probably too big for that. I don't know. They're the oldest craft brewery I mean, in America. They're solid. They are solid. And then you got um, um, um. The Sierra Nevada. The Sierra Nevada, yeah. yeah. Still considered one of the most successful craft breweries in the nation. And and then there's so more, uh, so many more great, like, small ones. But none of these made this list. So that that Like, how great must that beer be? Yeah. Or, or, or how screwed up is Yelp? That could be, <laughs> that could be a, a, you know, an external question here. But anyway, I thought it was an interesting list. I thought it'd be, uh, thought it'd be fun to go through it. So there you go. Yelp's favorite beer, uh, favorite breweries. 
of uh, California. Uh, Ian, it's been a pleasure. I enjoyed uh, pretty much everything we drank this this yes. week, from the non-alcoholic beer all the way through to the whiskey, and now the uh, I Sam enjoyed Smith. Most of what we drank. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, what did you not like? You didn't the, like the, the IPA. This IPA is a little too pine coney for me. It's, mm-hmm. it's not. It's not that it's a bad IPA. I yeah, think in I general, it. if you really love pine coney Western style IPAs. And it does have but the jackalope. You got the yeah. The artwork on that can is brilliant. <laughs> so, but that's just a me thing. That's that's not because probably it's a bad beer. I just it's not yeah, mine. Right, right. It's, it's not, not to your palate. I, I get it. I understand. It's kind of like I am with beers that have uh, chewables in them. Uh, it's, it's, it's just, you know, it's just not to my palate. Uh, Keegan's looking at us like what? Like, oh no! What? Oh no! Keegan, Ian brought in a beer one time that had chunks in it. It was like it was uh, a little chunky. Yeah, it's like a uh, uh, you know how uh, Lucky Charms they have the little stars and clovers and stuff. Yeah, this had chunks of its own. It was a good it was stick not, to your teeth beer. Yeah, it, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is disgusting. I just have to say <laughs> that is disgusting. Gives you something to enjoy later. I want to thank you guys for being here for a part of the show uh, or being a part of the show. Yeah, I got a little we beer stuck in my it. teeth. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And I, I, I've got some flaws for that. I can't stop doing that now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, thank you so much for being here. We do appreciate it. We will be back with you once again uh, uh, next week and we're working on a nice lineup of the special guests uh, for future editions of the show. But I can tell you one of the things we're looking at uh, at getting to on next week's shows are great frozen cocktails to cool you off for the summer. Mm. Yeah, because it's been really hot. <laughs> so, freaking yeah. hot. Uh, so uh, it'll be a perfect thing to discuss next time. And we look forward to seeing you then. As I uh, love to say to all of our fans and anybody else that's crazy enough to watch the show, uh, thank you so much for being here. And uh, Cheers, y'all. Cheers, y'all.